Ranganath is a solutions architect for edge computing at Intel. The last few years, he has been enabling solutions for the telecom domain. And Sunku has been an active contributor to multiple open source initiatives. He has served as maintainer and was awarded Community Leadership Award. He has been an invited speaker at nearly 20 industry and IEEE events. In fact, he filed 10 patents, authored multiple publications and contributed to standards. He is also a senior member of the IEEE. And he believes in core set of values that help guide and define oneself. He travels extensively over 16 countries and is looking for the next opportunity to travel again. And he loves being a dad of two-year-old. He always strives to be good at what he does no matter what the time it takes. And he says there are enough complicated things in the world. Our life may not be one. That's so profound thought. In today's episode, let's chat with Tunku. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, TGV for a Better Future. Friends, I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to make the world a better place to live. Through the Guiding Voice, successful leaders and inspiring individuals across the globe share their insights with the world and our audience will acquire more knowledge and wisdom for every minute by tuning into our platform than any other podcast in this space. Because we drive conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career. And we are extremely pleased to have Sunku part of our journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Without further ado, let's welcome Sunku to the show. Sunku, hearty welcome to The Guiding Voice. Thanks, Naveen. Uh, that's a really warm welcome. Uh, I appreciate your support and help. Uh, uh, and uh, thanks for inviting me here. I'm really excited to be uh, in a part of the show. Pleasure is mine, Sunku. And without further ado, probably we can talk about your success mantra. Please share the top three things that have helped you to be successful in your professional journey. <laughs> uh, surely, uh, the way you're introducing me feels like a big shot, but uh, really any other you know, engineer that you find on the street, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, from, uh, you know, uh, top three things, right? You know, you can look at it in a different way. You might have heard it in different books uh, or different people. But it, to keep it really simple, right? Like uh, one of the thing, uh, here are the three things that I uh, kind of uh, learned or built up across my career. And one of the first thing is, uh, you know, just be open-minded and, you know, uh, to change and open to learn from others. Uh, so from the perspective of, you have so many things going on and, we look at it our life on a daily basis, but when you look and stretch it across like months and years, uh, right? So then, then you really see the accumulated effect uh, across like the things that we do on a daily basis. So, uh, so it's very important that I've learned is to be open to change, and most importantly, there are so many people that we interact with on a daily basis, on a yearly basis, rather. Let's put it that way. That you know, if you're open to learn from others, then there's so many opportunities. Uh, that would come knocking on your door uh, on a nearly basis, so to say, right? So that's one. <laughs> and then have a good uh, in a professional network. Um, you know, so after COVID, especially when we are like constrained within our own environment, it's uh, tough to kind of think about networking uh, outside the box. But uh, whenever you talk to anybody or phone or live in person, uh, right? So the be open to having that connections, uh, professional network that would really in turn 
help you going forward in any decisions you make right it's, it's important in you, you have someone who has the expertise and call up and say like hey, hey what do you think about uh, right so that that's one of the thing that i learned that you need and uh, most importantly the last one is around um failure is something people talk about but in reality on a daily basis you it's hard to discern what is success what is failure right uh, someone suddenly recognizes a project you completed or you know award you were given uh, but you know there's work towards anything that someone else recognizes but so uh, on a daily basis before anybody gives you that recognition or like you know they have that end result stuff to understand what is success what is failure so just because things don't go in your way or you have a lack of progress that's not end of the world uh, and it's it's okay to Uh, not think about you know like hey succeeding all the time it's it's you have to take one step at a time and if things don't go your way it uh, doesn't mean failure doesn't mean success it's it's the way it is uh, right so you have to like think about replanning and making things happen right so uh, it might take a while it might take a short time uh, but that's the practice that you need on a daily basis that so that you can go towards that uh, success you have in mind right so yeah th- these are high level things that i have in mind but uh, yeah i mean uh, it's easy to get lost in so many like uh, news around or uh, like positive thoughts like social media is a you know, sharing a lot of things so it's easy to get lost but yeah it, uh, it's your core values if, if these are your core values then yeah it's it's easy to kind of remember these hmm so one important aspect that you touched upon is uh, failure is not permanent and failure is not fatal and in fact failures are part of the life i think that's a great reminder and everybody should think that it is not the end of the world that such a profound thought and on that note uh, let's move to my next question Absolutely. so you you are currently working as a solutions architect right so how does a typical day in a life um, of yours look like as a solutions architect yeah it's um it's an interesting role uh, as a solutions architect generally you have a architect a software hardware architect and then and then the other side you have a management professionals or business professionals in any company so the solutions architect the role is to kind of bridge between the business and what um uh, you know your uh, partner market your company's business needs are versus tying them to the technical uh, aspects and the technical solutions that uh, you know your, your company is uh, producing right you, you you write a piece of software someone has to use it someone has to talk about it and share it with others uh, right so the solutions architect is that bridge between product managers uh, program managers their engineers architects and your uh, business people uh, and the the idea is that you know on a daily basis uh, you you work with you understand the integrities of the various uh, uh, products and so- software or hardware solutions that you might have uh, right so the no one would take in a, a, a few lines of code and then you know let me figure out think about figuring out how to use it right so but then there is a product to it so you have to understand ins and outs of your product and uh, figure out how to Uh, from a customer perspective how best you can take it and have provide it to them so from that sense like in in my role daily basis it's about understanding the technical details and understanding the business needs and then you know you uh, on a daily basis you would sit down implement uh, figure out the product package the product in a way that the business folks and then your end customer would understand and uh, work with the 
business team to put together different aspects of this product so that you can share it with them. Uh, right? So that that's a kind of uh, uh, you know this is one of the thing that your strengths should be both understand picture business angle of it and also understanding the integrities of the various components of the of the product and solution so that you can join them together and share it with your customer seems like an exciting role and i'm sure our audience might aspire to get there so it brings me to my next one how can someone become a solutions architect so go yeah really good question um it so when we get started in our career right so there is a uh, you don't find a job role that says solutions architect right so it's something along the way uh, you pick up things you learn about things the same thing with being an architect or or with a business person right you can do your mba great uh, but then so there is this uh, role uh, that you know it, it's a merge of the the two aspects engineering and the business angle and uh, to be kind of looking at into this role right so you need a little bit of experience in in an uh, like broad engineering aspect so you're, you're good at broad set of technical areas and technical domains uh, right there's multiple domains to a you know any engineering product whether scalability or a, a systems engineering or security or usability right so there's so many aspects of these systems engineering so that you understand this broad set of areas and the other side uh, you have that inclination you might not be the the foremost expert but you you have that inclination towards understanding your customers understanding what the big picture where the companies are headed where the customers are headed and then as a solutions architect you are able to match make the various uh, technical aspects and the solutions so, so that's called the solution right so the, there's a problem the customers facing what can you bring together in terms of engineering solution that you can put together and and give it to them so you're still needed to be hands on uh, but you rely on the engineering expertise and the architectural expertise of the the particular experts right they are always deep domain experts in each areas so you rely on their expertise and then your expertise comes in putting together this entire solution towards addressing the customer problem and you have that ability to work with uh, talk to and work with businesses uh, uh, help people understand why a particular solution is the best for a particular problem and understand the competition a little bit so to be a solutions architect uh, you learn and understand systems engineering really well and you understand the aspects of business that can help address a, a technical problem so it's not a, a really tough role a hard role it's it's something that if you're um, interested in the big picture these lego blocks to form a, a building to form a, in a rocket ship right you put in your ability to put together these blocks uh, to address a uh, problem then it's easy that you know you can be uh, thinking about this role as a solutions architect and it does take uh, uh, you know skills to communicate in a good way uh, communication is really important so only way you can explain why you know a, a piece of software uh, or why something that you built is good so that's also a very important aspect that you learn these skills along the way and uh, it will help you in that role as a solutions architect. Mm. Excellent. So you need to get the understanding of the big picture and break it down how it boils down to the customer level and work with create uh, collaboration and work with multiple teams understand customer collaboration and in addition to that be strong in technology aspects. Right so this is what I can sum it up 
And uh, Sunku, during our earlier conversations, like you, you mentioned that you are working on this edge computing related uh, uh, stuff, right? So 5G and edge are going to be the biggest thing uh, for the next uh, decade, right? So what, in your opinion, how this uh, 5G and edge computing are going to change the face of the world? Yeah, it's a really good question and I have a really broad one. <laughs> uh, so there's so much going on in the 5G in, in India, for example. You can hear all the time in the news that, hey, 5G is being rolled out like by the major players. And uh, you know, there's a lot going, a lot, lot of action in that space. So, um, you know, just to, in a nutshell, right, like what 5G is about, like people think about, hey, is it faster speed uh, of download? Um, my phone can be much faster my YouTube video can play really fast. Sure, these are important aspects that for you. What 5G is providing is um, uh, you know, a, a much uh, reliable way of communication in a way that machines uh, can communicate in, with each other in, in a, a low latency way, as a technical term, low latency, in a, in a faster way, as, as you can call it. But uh, uh, you know, the communication between the two machines can be uh, spread across distances, can be you know, very short uh, duration, happen in a short duration that, uh, uh, that now you can do a lot more in terms of automating various tasks between two machines. So, so this, uh, the, the biggest disruptor from a 5G perspective is for enterprises and for industries. So whatever industry you take, uh, whether it's factories or warehouses or healthcare, agriculture, um, or uh, retail, uh, as in, in shopping malls, uh, right? So oil and mining, uh, right? whatever industry you take, now you can look at leveraging 5G as a, as a network uh, to connect between these machines, connect between two entities in, in a much more reliable and a faster way. Now, this unlocks a, a whole new set of use cases. Uh, right? But people talk about metaverse, but before you think about metaverse, think about driverless cars, uh, right? So they're, they're, we have a fully autonomous systems driving in on the roads, uh, for example, here in USA. And also you, have, you can have these fully autonomous systems like as they're called autonomous guided vehicles or autonomous mobile robots uh, in a factory floor where they do the job uh, automatically uh, in a, replacing the manually intensive labors. Uh, you can do that with these robots. Uh, for example, you can have a camera, have a wireless connectivity with 5G. You have this remote sensing and much of your computing can be uh, offloaded to a nearby uh, uh, in a server like that can process a lot more so that you can have communication between these two machines faster so that you can have this fully autonomous vehicle you know uh, understanding the entire floor and doing tasks for you or the same way uh, you can have a, a doctor uh, one doctor cannot be 10 places at the same time so through this 5g connectivity reaching through different places uh, one doctor can be on a video call in a, in a much easier and reliable way and that way they can help multiple patients at the same time that could spread across different places. So there are so many use cases, right? So the agriculture and farming, you can have essentially robots. Uh, so an example where uh, you know, strawberries uh, need to be picked, the robots can identify whether a strawberry is ripe or not and pick the right one, uh, right? If there are 100 strawberries in a plant. So this low latency communication and ultra-reliable communication helps you do a lot of this. And of course, the... 
infrastructure that is needed to do this, uh, right? You the, essentially the aspect of edge computing, which is needed to as, as a part of the infrastructure, is that moving computing closer to the end user instead of doing all of this in a data center. Now your laptop or your phone can only do so much. Uh, instead of doing everything else, computing in the data center, you move the servers and the infrastructure, computing infrastructure close to the end user. So you're putting servers and computing on the factory floor or an agriculture field or a hospital that a lot of this video processing or artificial intelligence or a, uh, you know data calculations are all done close to your company or within your company that you can have this much faster feedback going back and forth between your end devices called Internet of Things devices versus your edge computing using 5G. So that enables you for low latency communication. And essentially underneath, like people talk about metaverse, if, if you need metaverse one day, right, you want to live in your virtual world. So you need a lot of these infrastructure and 5G in place so that it enables you that in a cloud gaming and metaverse type use cases. Uh, and I can go on for a very long time on this <laughs> uh, as technical depth as much as you need. But yeah. you know, underlying what is to understand is not just about your phones having much faster download speeds. It's yeah. about you know enabling a lot of new cases between machines because now you have a very reliable and fast communications between machines using 5G. Absolutely. I, I think future seems to be bright and scary at the same time because uh, if we start seeing these autonomous cars and all, especially I'm worried about Indian cars and all, uh, in, Indian roads, yeah. uh, Indian roads are uh, typical as you may know, right? <laughs> the kind yeah. of traffic <laughs> uh, impacts that's happening and all. Uh, but but anyways, uh, yeah. any technology so it, it, it has its... Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of work going on in, in this area, right? So and in, in uh, introducing India... Indian roads are a huge experiment for anyone, like a huge challenge for anyone, like introduce a car and say, like, hey, let it drive itself. And so that's like, the, if you can track that here, yeah, you, you, you can pretty much have them anywhere in the world. Exactly, exactly. If you do it in India, you're done with the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, I, I couldn't uh, resist asking this question because uh, you mentioned you have recently uh, received this uh, Einstein visa, right? So congratulations, first of all. And uh, can you share with our audience what this Einstein visa is all about? In fact, uh, out of my ignorance, even I heard about it <laughs> for the very first time, I must admit, in the public forum. But yeah, it would be great if you could share some insights around what that visa is all about and who all are eligible to that yeah no for sure and i it, it sounds something like uh, wonderful but uh, for living in usa uh, if you need permanent residency or commonly known as green card right so you can qualify multiple ways and uh, for an employee uh, for an employment based category there are, um, uh, you know, uh, one and two, one, two, three categories, EB1, EB2, EB3 categories. And one of the category under EB1, uh, you know, for which the the dates of processing, um, you know, if you're qualified under EB1, uh, your green card processing is really fast, essentially for Indian citizen, uh, so to say, right? Uh, because we have a lot of folks from India here. It takes years and years uh, if you're in a different employment categories. So one of the category under EB1 is called extraordinary ability, which is what people commonly refer to as you know, Einstein visa or a, you know, permanent residency with Einstein visa. 
so this extraordinary capability as the the United States Immigration Department kind of uh, defines, there are 10 ways uh, that you can uh, qualify for that. And if you have a few, three, three or more qualifications under that, uh, then you're eligible for you know, EB1 extraordinary ability uh, category. Uh, and if you, if you look in the website, the description would be around like, you know, if you have a Nobel Prize or, a, uh, you know, like extraordinary school awards for acting, you know, these are all like, you know, immediate categories that, uh, you know, automatically eligible to apply for this. But uh, uh, people like me, I'm just another average normal engineer, right? So for people like me, uh, you know, there, there are 10 more categories that are listed. So essentially what that means is uh, you're expert in your field of work and you have demonstrated that expertise uh, on an international stage. And that's essentially what uh, these 10 categories provide under the extraordinary. So in my case, the what I had done was with respect to uh, international conferences, uh, like I said, uh, nearly about 20 conferences that I presented, traveled across uh, multiple countries, had to do that, uh, patents, uh, white papers, or you know, publicly industry-recognized uh, documents. I've had my articles come in various uh, uh, news websites and various uh, technical websites, like uh, or uh, uh, awards, and also I have my work. You know, thanks to thanks to my fate, or you know, thanks to God that you know I was lucky enough to participate in a global forums working on open source software. So from that perspective, I had a you know good fortune to work with some of the uh, very much world-renowned experts in, in specific domains through this open source communities, and uh, so contributing to those. Uh, so kind of provided me, launched me into this uh, stage where my work is visible outside of my company. Right? A lot of times the work we do is within the company, within the team, but you know, uh, having these opportunities you know, that helped me have that broad impact across the various uh, open communities or you know, external world through uh, conferences or patents. And uh, so that kind of brought me to writing a book, a few chapters for a book or uh, uh, take some leadership roles uh, within the company as well. So and how, kind of putting all of these together and submitting an application to say that, hey, you know, this is how I can qualify for this extraordinary ability kind of uh, helped me uh, get approval in, in this category, which people call Einstein visa. And uh, so that what that essentially made me is uh, to cut down the processing time and I got it uh, uh, processed, uh, the green card application uh, less than a year. Wow, that's so huge. You are not an ordinary engineering man. <laughs> you are not <laughs> yeah. an ordinary person. For sure. you know, I would still consider myself as any other engineer that you meet on the streets, right? So <laughs> that's your modesty, I would say. And yeah, yeah yes, thanks for sharing special. those details. And uh, let's move yeah. to the next question. Uh, can you can you share your journey of patent? Yeah. And how did it all start? Yeah, a good question. Uh, if this was something when I first five years in my career, uh, when I see a patent or when I uh, hear someone filing a patent, I'm like, wow, man, it need to be extraordinarily wonderful or super duper good and super expert in you know, filing a patent. But in reality, uh, as I started working with different experts in the field and I saw them uh, brainstorming a patent idea or uh, 
looking to uh, or writing a patent idea and then filing it at the patent office, uh, I realized, you know, it, it's a little bit stretch of imagination of your mind uh, to uh, essentially file a patent. You don't have to be you know, extraordinary genius, but you need to know the right information as to what constitute a patent and how do you file it. And that is exactly what I did. I started seeking uh, help or uh, information from the experts. Uh, there, at least in in my company I work with, uh, uh, you know, it's really great that there are people who are taking willing to take time and teach how a patent is supposed to be. So uh, working with them, learning the basics of what what constitutes a patent idea, really helped me kind of think along those lines. So so it, uh, in a one liner, what you really need to kind of uh, think about patents or file a patent is a stretch of imagination as to what can constitute uh, a solution or, a, uh, or an, an idea that is different from uh, anything else out there, right? So what this means is that like any engineering problems that you, I work in telco domain, as I said, right? Like, hey, how can uh, this 5G communication help so-and-so use case? Or how, how can this uh, infrastructure help a particular use case? Metaverse or cloud gaming, whatever the case might be, right? So you think about um, a, a particular solution. There need not be a problem that exists today that you need to solve, uh, right? If if you have if you have a problem statement, if you think about solutions, something new, great, you know, boom, that's that's straightforward. But a lot of times, patents don't, uh, you know, you don't start thinking about a patent. Hey, let me go find a problem to solve. No, it's more about if you think about a, a particular solution that is unique from anything else out there or unique in your own perspective. And in my case, I work with the experts in the domain. It's more of a collaborative environment that I seek out is uh, that I work with an expert. I, I discuss my idea and say, hey, what do you think about this? And if they think it's already there, it's very obvious, or uh, someone else you know, got the idea through, great, you know, great, move on to the next idea. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. That's a, one of the first mistakes I've done in patterns is that I spend like hours on writing out an idea, detailing and everything, and share it with others or share with the committee, patent committee. And they said, no, this is not worth it. I was so disappointed, right? Like, it's my idea, it's not worth it. Right? So like, oh, am I not good enough? No, that's not the case, right? So uh, it's essentially go reiterate and go find some other idea that you can uh, share, uh, right? Because you can, there's no end to how many ideas you can file as a patent. Uh, so I have thought about or worked on about 30 to 40 ideas. And in reality, uh, at least uh, we have to go through a committee to get an approval uh, to have them filed at a patent office in my company. So in reality, only about 10 are filed. Uh, but you know, there are 20 to 25 other ideas that are not f- approved for filing. So you know, it's, it's, it's a constant reiterations. And there are a lot more ideas who, which I would share with others and say, hey, it, it's not worth an idea that you want to, uh, you know, share file as a pattern. So it's a this thought process of constantly thinking about ideas, uh, and it, uh, you know, it's in, it's you don't have to go and f- read a book or a, you know do a master's degree or a PhD to do this. It's more on a daily basis what you do. Think about hey, can this idea be unique enough that it you know, it can solve a problem? If yes, think about if you want to patent it. It does take money. Uh, to file a patent, but uh, you know that's where you work with the experts in the domain. You learn these things, and 
I think about filing an idea. So most of my uh, uh, patents are in the you know, 5G infrastructure, uh, so to say, in one form or shape, they align with the 5G infrastructure. So um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it, it would mean a stretch of a thought to start with, but as you start thinking about this, and uh, it becomes easier. I was re- recently reading a, an article from India uh, someone filed about 360 patents. Uh, someone filed 200 patents uh, in a different companies, IBM and different companies, right? And how does this happen? You know, same thing. Like I was reading the interview, same thing. It's it's about stretching your imagination, putting your thoughts together, and start uh, you know putting these thoughts uh, constantly uh, and work with other experts in the domain. So they can storm, think about filing a patent. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, might seem a lot to start with, but as you start and keep going, you know when you start a uh, start driving a car, the you know, first gear is always the difficult, right? like so much acceleration, right? But you're in your fourth gear or fifth gear, it feels so smooth. You're flying on the road, uh, you know, so just driving so fast, right? So same thing, love applies for this as well. You know, all you need to do is start. That, that's a great metaphor and on that note this has been a fabulous fabulous conversation but uh, let's get to know the other side of sunku okay if you are ready i'm going to kick off a quick rapid fire round definitely <laughs> let's yeah, do it. all right let's go ahead and let me find the first bullet what was your childhood fantasy sunku yeah, i used to always look at these uh, magazines and like hey what if, if i'm famous yeah, so that was my fantasy but then yeah it's it, 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 kind of silly at the time but you know, maybe it's worth it. <laughs> your your favorite book? Compound Effect. Can you describe yourself in just one word? Uh, very friendly. Uh, friendly. <laughs> one word. <laughs> What's one thing that you would change in the past? Being very bold and seize opportunities. Yeah, here comes the interesting one. And I'm seriously interested <laughs> to know from a 5G expert and a guy with so many patents and all. What is one electronic gadget that you would like to see or invent yourself? <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes I think maybe a time machine. <laughs> wow. I think uh, wish it becomes a reality. In fact, um, many of our guests have uh, been aspiring to invent one time machine or at least uh, have that available in the market and also I can resonate with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Yeah, let me try. <laughs> yeah, great, yeah, great rapid fire. And with that, let's uh, flip back to the mainstream. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation. What will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make begin their careers in Google? Yeah, um, it, it sounds like a cliche, but you know, not. it's uh, more about never to give up. Uh, so one advice I would say is identify your strengths and you know, uh, double down on your strengths. Like there's so many weaknesses we all have, but you know, identify on a daily basis or a monthly basis, think back and figure out what your strengths are, what you're really good at. And what you're good at keeps changing over time. But if you identify that and if you focus on that, uh, you can go really far. Uh, you know, ignore about what our family would say or a, or a society would say about our weakness. Uh, not completely ignore, but you know, that's that's put it in a one bucket. Uh, the bucket that you have to focus on is you know, what your strengths are and you can really go forward. Wow, such a profound advice and thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us today and sharing your wonderful insights and being a value-added speaker. And I'm sure our TGV community is going to immensely get benefited out of this conversation. Thank you once again. Kudos to you, Sunku. Absolutely. It was really good chatting with you and looking forward to learning more from you.
Absolutely. And a pleasure to host you. And that was Sunku, our guest for today. And folks, uh, before we move into the trivia section here, the request to you in case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from that where you have tuned in from. Also, if you have loved this conversation and found it useful, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. Thank you so much in advance. Now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. Today's trivia is about 5G. In fact, the 5G, the future of 5G seems to be so exciting and so bright. So I would like to share a few facts about 5G in today's uh, trivia. According to researchers, about 1.5 billion people will have access to 5G by 2024. And uh, it may not seem like it's at present. However, 5G will cover about 40% of the world in next two years. And the Ericsson Mobility Report also revealed that by 2024, at least 65% of the world's population will have used 5G. And experts believe that 5G is more than a speed boost. It is being referred to as the foundational tech that will rev up the adaption of technologies like virtual and augmented reality. And as Sunku mentioned, metaverse might become a reality. Right. So that's all for today. And uh, thank you so much for joining me. Please feel free to share your topic recommendations and guest speaker suggestions through social media or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou at gmail.com. I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live. Until next time, bye-bye. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest and cover some exciting topics.